Chapter 3 Night fell, and from the Molo to the Mergellina, from the Capuano Castle to the hill of St. Elmo, deep silence had succeeded the myriad sounds that go up from the noisiest city in the world. Charles of Durazzo, quickly walking away from the square of the Correggi, first casting one last look of vengeance on the Castel Nuovo, plunged into the labyrinth of dark streets that twist and turn, cross and recross one another in this ancient city. And after a quarter of an hour's walking, that was first slow, then very rapid, arrived at his ducal palace near the church of San Giovanni al Mare. He gave certain instructions in a harsh, peremptory tone to a page who took his sword and cloak. Then Charles shut himself up into his room, without going up to see his poor mother, who was weeping, sad and solitary, over her son's ingratitude, and like every other mother, taking her revenge by praying God to bless him. The Duke of Durazzo walked up and down his room several times like a lion in a cage, counting the minutes in a fever of impatience, and was on the point of summoning a servant and renewing his commands, when two dull raps on the door informed him that the person he was waiting for had arrived. He opened at once, and a man of about fifty, dressed in black from head to foot, entered, humbly bowing, and carefully shut the door behind him. Charles threw himself into an easy chair, and gazing fixedly at the man who stood before him, his eyes on the ground and his arms crossed upon his breast, in an attitude of the deepest respect and blind obedience, he said slowly, as though weighing each word, Master Nicholas of Melazzo, have you any remembrance left of the services I once rendered you? The man to whom these words were addressed trembled in every limb, as if he heard the voice of Satan come to claim his soul. Then lifting a look of terror to his questioner's face, he asked, in a voice of gloom, What have I done, my lord, to deserve this reproach? It is not a reproach. I ask a simple question. Can my lord doubt for a moment of my eternal gratitude? Can I forget the favors your excellency showed me? Even if I could so lose my reason and my memory, are not my wife and son ever here to remind me that to you we owe all, our life, our honor, and our fortune? I was guilty of an infamous act, said the notary, lowering his voice, a crime that would not only have brought upon my head the penalty of death, but which meant the confiscation of my goods, the ruin of my family, poverty and shame for my only son, that very son, sire, for whom I, miserable wretch, had wished to ensure a brilliant future by means of my frightful crime. You had in your hands the proof of this. I have them still. And you will not ruin me, my lord, resumed the notary, trembling. I am at your feet, your excellency. Take my life, and I will die in torment, without a murmur. But save my son, since you have been so merciful as to spare him till now. Have pity on his mother. My lord, have pity. Be assured, said Charles, signing him to rise. It is nothing to do with your life. That will come later, perhaps. 
What I wish to ask of you now is a much simpler, easier matter. My lord, I await your command. First, said the duke, in a voice of playful irony, you must draw up a formal contract of my marriage. At once, your excellency.